cheap. Design it, craft it, smith it, stitch it, tool it, and pick it. We do it all. This is Bespokelahoma. Musical intro by Allie Harder and Pink Fly Shop out of Oklahoma City. Kind of brain fart, so. It's <laughs> <laughs> too early for oh. a brain fart. We are out of Traditions Leather Craft at 7500 West Reno, Suite 200. Um, uh, it's too early for all these brain farts, man. <laughs> um, as always, 10% off your entire purchase when you rep the Traditions Leather Craft hat or T-shirt merchandise. Uh, special this week, Casey's running a single shoulder on veg tan. So either four to six ounce or eight to ten ounce. Those single shoulders usually cost you thirty nine ninety five. He's giving you five off for thirty four ninety five. Uh, also starting this week, I believe, uh, he's going to be doing some some adjusted hours. Uh, still closed on Mondays. Uh, Tuesdays, 9 to 5, Wednesdays, 9 to 7, because we've got the podcast. We've got an open sit-in uh, on Wednesday nights. Thursdays and Fridays are both going to be 9 to 5. Saturday, closing up shop a little earlier, 9 to 3, and then closed on Sundays. Also, closed for lunch, 1 to 1.30. Uh, those are the new hours for Traditions Leathercraft. Uh, we have... Steve Golden of Deep Six Works on the podcast with us this evening. Hi, guys. Hey, hey there. Where in the world are you? I am in uh, Mount Vernon, Illinois. So this is our first uh, call-in yeah. attempt at a call-in interview. And actually, uh, when we did our test earlier, I think you sound better than we do. Yeah. Oh, way really? better. Yeah. Crystal clear. Crystal clear. <laughs> well, I am on the... I'm on the Blue Parrot uh, headset, hands-free. I am that's sitting I, still, but... That's what I told Dustin. I said he's on, like, the Bluetooth headset of Bluetooth headsets. <laughs> I'm going to blame our, our cheap, cheap uh, internet connections that we've got going on here. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> there you go. But, uh, so we had kind of talked about... Um, Doing a little bit of a little bit of an interview, a little bit of just shooting shooting the shit. Because yeah. um, as our listeners may guess, Steve Golden is my father. Uh, I am Melissa Golden. <laughs> um, so uh, Dad and I have both kind of well, I've been doing leathercraft for you know quite some time now, and you have too. Tell tell us about your beginnings into leather craft because i mean you and and mom and grandpa gene are kind of where i got my inspiration sure um grandpa gene is gene west that is your mother's dad and uh man he was uh he's out of wyoming and he's a mountain man he's a mountain man and of course your mother and i met in colorado i'm i'm born and raised in colorado and uh, he was just, uh, uh, he was, he was a gun collector and he was big into Tandy and he was big into making stuff. And, uh, you know, they did, they, uh, 
he wrote for Shotgun Magazine out of Wyoming, and he did ballistics reports for Remington, and they would they'd send him weapons and stuff for him to actually do loads, and he would shoot right out of his cabin window. Because he was a madman. He did everything out the cabin window. Yeah. He, he would bait bears in and and watch the bears and he was he was a he was a wild man anyway um, so he kind of uh, he got me into beating and uh, loom beating uh, and seed yeah, beating exactly and and got me back into a lot of leather crafting because um, he was always making possibles bags um, you know possibles leather. Um, and, That's where it and, comes from, right? And and I was into black powder shooting and stuff. So, uh, um, you know, we do a lot of uh, powder horns and bags and and uh, um, black powder scales out of leather with the brass tips and things like that. And so that's that's kind of what got me back into to uh, to leather craft and beading and stuff like that. Was your grandpa Gene? Gene West, and uh, yeah, legend in his own mind or in his own time. I'm not sure which. He was a cool cat, though. One of my favorite uh, Gene West stories is that old VHS that mom has of him with a bear crawling in the window of the kitchen of the cat. Yeah, he'd been like what? cooking. Yeah, he'd been cooking bacon or something and forgot and left the window. He didn't forget. He he left the window open and there was like a pan of bacon sitting on the stove. And this little black bear just starts crawling in the window. And he, he will not put the camera. You know, it's a big <laughs> shoulder mount camcorder from back in the yeah, day. VHS. Will not put the thing down. And he's going, whoa, bear. Whoa, bear. And he's just backing up. And this bear is just crawling in there. He's going, whoa, bear. And finally, he turns around and, like, and shuts the tape off and, and bails. But the bear's halfway in the window before he turns the camera <laughs> away from it. Yeah, he was, he was a wild guy. Well, he had a – he actually had a, a – a milk can that he'd put about, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 feet outside of his cabin window. And he would uh, get a half a cantaloupe and, um, and, uh, and a bunch of bacon. And he'd string that bacon across that cantaloupe and pour a bunch of honey on it and set it on that milk can. Just watch and, the bears. <laughs> and the bear, the bears would come in every evening. And uh, there was a mother bear that had three cubs that he watched for a number of years. Well, for at least a couple of years, because I think that the, the bears, the cubs stay with their mother for a couple of years. But uh, and there was a cinnamon bear that used to come in, old beat up thing. And, and like I say, he got to know the bear so well that um, he actually he he. They, uh, I guess uh, uh, the cinnamon came through and ate the cantaloupe and honey and everything, and he knew that the mother bear was right behind him, so he put the bacon on the windowsill, is the, way, <laughs> is the way the story went, because he didn't have time to get out there for another half a cantaloupe. So that's the story. And he didn't want her to miss out. You <laughs> he, know. Didn't want her, he didn't want her and the, and the cubs to miss out, and, and, he, and he had this brand new camcorder. So I think that's kind of the way the story went. And he was he was always doing things that were very questionable to have children around. <laughs> yeah. So you know, he uh and, and that's the thing is but but he he really was uh 
you know, he was, uh, you know, those people that you hear about in the, in the mountains in the West, you know, that, uh, he, he was just, uh, he was a character. He really was, you know, I mean, he, he'd have a little bait, bait station set up a uh, hundred yards from his house and, uh, it was a cow feeder and, uh, the deer would come in and the wild turkey and, uh, and he had that camcorder and, and it was new. It, um, not too many people had them. And he would sit at that table, his, his kitchen window. It didn't have a screen on it. And he would flip the flip the windows open and sit there and and uh, and record the animals that came through his uh, his mountain property. So, yeah, mom still has a lot of them. We still have a lot of the beadwork that he did back sure. in the day. Lots of hat bands. And mm. uh, what are the what are the concho, the round beaded conchos? Are they called conchos? Probably. Yeah. Probably. But he oh, did Rosette, a lot of like oh, the rosettes. Rosette. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so he did a lot of the more like Pueblo and Native American type pieces right. as well, well. Well the thing about it is in Colorado there is uh we live close to Manitou Springs. And so um in my youth what I would do is uh I'd take uh, like coyote hides up there. And, and coon hides and stuff like that. And they would trade me black powder, uh, beads, you know, you could, you could trade up there. And uh, boy, you could just buy hanks and hanks of beads up there, all different kinds. And, and uh, he kind of got me into trade beads. He was really into trade beads. Trade and beads so, are cool. Trade beads are cool, but they're very expensive. And so, like I say, Manitou Springs was kind of the place, and um, you could take finished product, or like I did, um, I would take hides and stuff up there, and and they would trade me for cans of black powder. I'd get black powder, or trade beads, and hanks of beads and stuff like that. So, you know, kind of cool. Um, I don't know if it's if it's still the same, you know, wild place that it used to be, but you know, growing up there. It, it it seemed normal to me at the time you know and it's just i'm gonna guess did. it's probably significantly more touristy mm. yeah it, it these probably days. is it probably is what exactly what exactly is our trade beads trade beads are are actually a uh, a larger bead um uh blue in color a lot of time uh, not just blue but um, blue is the valuable, really. Blue's, blue is pretty valuable, but they were, it was a harder to make bead. And a lot of the mountain men and, and uh, the Indians um, valued these larger beads because they were so much harder to make. And um, they were like um, a currency, basically. They, they were a currency, is exactly what they were. And mountain men would, um, um, would uh, value them highly, and they would they would get a string of them, and and um, and it was uh, that right there was probably considered the um, you know something very cherished back then. You know, was was a string of trade beads because they were always something that you could use like gold. You know, 
some bourgeoisie yeah, uh, but they, of mountain men. Right, but they were always they were always different, you know. I mean, different colors and and different shapes and things like this. Instead of the standard, like eleven seed bead or you know just a standard uh, uh, pipe bone bead or something like that, it was a it was a special bead. You know, it looked a certain way and it caught the eye and it was they were larger. And you and mom did uh, some seed bead earrings with like porcupine quills and that sort of stuff oh, back yeah. in the day. Oh, we did everything you can imagine. We uh, pipe bone, porcupine quills, uh, uh, bird feathers, you name it. You know, we did hair barrettes, um, earrings, necklaces, all kinds of stuff with every kind of product you could imagine. I think the thing is, 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 is uh, your mother was brought up to respect nature. I was as well. I mean, we've always been into nature. And so you always used everything that you got, you know, I mean, if you went out and shot a bear, you didn't, uh, you didn't just use the bear meat, you rendered the lard, you, um, you made stuff out of, you know, the hide, the hide, the, 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 uh, the, the pads from their feet, um, their claws, their teeth, everything. And what would you do with the pad of a barefoot? Well, you might their use paw. it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a thing. Have is, rubbery is, substance, maybe. Well, the thing is, is once it dries, it, it becomes a, it becomes a harder, more fragile substance, but mm -hmm. you would, Fair. you would, you would definitely, uh, you would definitely use it um, on your bare rug. Oh, absolutely. It helps Did you keep, ever... it, helps oh, keep it in place. You can nail it to the floor, actually. Go ahead, Dustin. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you know, you used a lot um, of the animal. Did you ever use uh, the raccoon baculum? baculum? What is no. called baculum? What is it? The penis bone. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's a thing. That's a thing. No, but I but I, I didn't hear I didn't hear Dustin on that one. Oh, I said, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I I asked if you had ever used um, the raccoon baculum or the the basically the penis bone. Right. I've seen where a lot of people use use those and <laughs> in stuff. They they use them for a lot of stuff. They, 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 allegedly. They, they do they do and and i never did but um but they they do a lot of um like buffalo staffs and oh. and uh oh. and any self-respecting um mountain man has a um an elk scrotum on his gear shifter in his truck absolutely absolutely <laughs> gotta keep your hands warm in the winter it gets cold absolutely absolutely and you know the, the nice part about it and you know i'm glad that you brought up you know this <laughs> raccoon because uh, <laughs> you know there they, and this is it is is there is a. Uh, um, I I have never actually we we shot a couple of raccoon that were getting in the the uh, the hay barn, and they were you know they were they get to pooping on everything and they start eating the the sweet cheese and stuff like that. So you have to eradicate them. 
all I ever did with a raccoon was take his hide. And mm. I didn't hunt raccoon to eat. Yeah. Um, and having Don't said that, cry. having said that, um, that it, it was just a, um, like I had told you guys before is uh, we did hunt hides, but we didn't, we didn't go hunt them intentionally. We would pick up a roadkill. Well, and you had mentioned coyotes and I didn't know this until I lived there a number of years ago. Coyote hunting is big money in Colorado, especially in the yeah. winter months when they've got very shaggy mm. coats. Yeah. They're thick well, winter coats. Yeah, and and the coyotes up up there they uh, they take much different a lot. than the coyotes in Oklahoma. Oh yeah, 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 much bigger. Larger, yeah, we got little ones. Larger, yeah, and and they do take down a lot of uh, small game um, and livestock as well. Um, you know, your your Colorado cowboys do not put up with uh, with coyote packs. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, uh, it used to be that the that the ranchers out um, on the front range would uh, would you know they'd pay you like ten bucks a hide to get rid of them. You know. When I was there, some of the guys uh, where I was around Sterling were getting like thirty and forty bucks a hide. Wow. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I think per animal. Like I don't think yeah. they were skinning them themselves. I think it was thirty or forty bucks for the whole animal. I don't know if they were doing anything well, with the and meat. I hate to- and I hate to say this, but a lot of times, a lot of the ranchers would want an ear. Yeah. You know, just something, yeah. just something to show or, or, Proof. you know, but you know, the thing about it is, is that there it's the, the best way to do it is, is, uh, is with a carcass and then, you know, in the evening time sitting and, you know, this is gruesome. I don't really want to talk. Yeah, about no, <laughs> but you know, I, I think, the but anyway, is, the, the mountain man, the mountain man thing is where the inspiration came from to do leather sure. work. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's where I, I got my inspiration was from some of the books that were handed down through the generations. Right. Um, well, Grandpa Jean had purchased everything out of Tandy. You can imagine. He yeah. had, he <laughs> had beading books and leather books and Tandy was the place. It was really, I mean, you know, that's where all the old timers got their patterns and their leather. And, and, uh, my, actually, um, my great grandfather, um, he would always have his deer hides tanned. And so they would make stuff out of the deer hides. So, I mean, it's, and, and this is it is that, huh, oh, I don't know that they were necessarily leather crafters themselves but they did use they tried to use everything that they could absolutely Um, you know great grandpa jim was born in the 1800s around the turn of the century so you know they lived through the great depression and and gosh you know like grandpa gene they even saved bread bags for goodness sake you know (laughs) everything had value everything had value exactly we and go through that a lot, and we talk about that a lot with a lot of the people we interview. Is uh, we all have a hard time throwing away scraps, absolutely. no matter how small. I've gotten better. Yeah, I I threw away a bunch. Did you? Yeah. You got to sort through them and figure out what's too small to hang on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so what are you working on these days then? Well, um, 
with uh, um, with Deep Six, it's it started out with the ring making, the coin rings, right. And so I'm still I'm still plugging away at the coin rings, silver and precious metals and stuff like that. But uh, um, uh, that and we, that go ahead. I was just saying what you mean is you're. Uh, I've I've kind of seen it done the making rings out of coins. You that's where you uh, punch a hole and then in the middle of it and then like roll it out. Yeah. Right. Right. And I what had happened is uh, um, a number of years ago my mother had brought me an envelope and it was something that's been passed down through through their family and uh, her great-grandfather had a big house up on the hill in Blue Jacket, Oklahoma and this is my my grandmother's uh, parents grandparents excuse me and so they were back in the 1800s and the, in this envelope was a number of silver rings and a uh, and a chain that was braided out of his wife's hair which is a thing that they did back then as a keepsake right and again everything has value right and you know i looked at this and this is how i got started on the coin rings and i looked at this and i said you know and this was back in the 1800s as a matter of fact i have a a photograph in my house of of his birthday and and it is oh gosh i'm gonna say it's back in the 20s and it's like his 70 some odd birthday you know so this guy was born in in the, in the 1800s i figured if he could if he could get some anthracite coal and do a coal forge and bang out with a hammer these silver rings what more could i do with modern technology and so anyway my my mother passed this down to me and i will eventually pass it down to melissa ray but it's it was one of those things where you know you're just kind of like you know, this is something I had never considered, and I've always really, I've had collections of coin, and, and Grandpa Gene, of course, he passed down his collection, and, uh, and so uh, I, I, I started banging on stuff with a hammer, and, uh, and trying to put together some sort of silversmithing, and I came across on YouTube these guys making the these coin rings and i said man this is so cool and so i was able to to incorporate um uh coins and also my great great grandfather's uh, and i'm not going to call it his legacy or his or his heritage but just something that that he found um that he wanted to pass down so that's how that that, as they say, is that. Well, and you've been able to branch out even from that. We're going to have a silversmith on our hands in no time here. But, uh, and, and I need some of these for some projects, but he's been able to uh, take that center. Tell us about the, the Chicago screws that you've done. Oh, yeah. Well, I, a lot of the, the centers get knocked out of a lot of these coins, uh, all of them, actually. And uh, 
uh, I get coins from all over the world. Um, that's how Deep Six works came around is that uh, uh, my claim to fame is that I'm um, I'm creating jewelry out of dead presidents, dictators, queens, and, uh, and kings. And so we're taking, you know, this, uh, we're, we're putting government where they belong, which is around people's <laughs> fingers, you know. <laughs> but we're, we're, you know, the idea is, is everything that we do as crafters, you know, for the most part, we, we take a product like leather or silver dug up from the ground or, you know, even copper or nickel. And for all, all the people out there that are, um, uh, that are forging, you know, we're, we're, we're taking the coal from the ground. We're taking these natural resources, something that is not necessarily alive. And that's where the deep six comes from is deep, deep six. The connotation is death. And because I'm a truck driver and a biker, you know, we kind of, you know, that's why we, we have skull, skulls on everything because it's something that we all have in common. It's all inside of us and that we look death in, in the face every day, you know, as human beings. But we take something that's dead and we bring it back to life. I take these dead presidents and I turn it into a beautiful piece of art that you can put on your hand or, or in a necklace or around a cane. Um, I'm kind of branching out into some of that because I like walking sticks. And so I have a bunch of wood drying and I want to do some inlay stuff. And, and so, like I say, you know, I mean, it, we, we, we do, we take all these resources and we bring them to life. Kind of like, you know, Dustin did with that scorpion that he just did, you know, and wonderful job on that, on, um, on that, Dustin. Thank you. That, uh, was that it looked really good when it was just veg tan tooled out and right. the lady was the lady was like i want it white and everything black i'm Ooh, thinking it's a tough dye job yeah yeah, yeah. I, was, when I sealed it like five times oh i bet before i even put <laughs> antique, antique over it is I, I it it turned out better than i thought it was good turn out like i was going to talk her into keeping it veg tan because it looked it looked like a scorpion sitting there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to remake one. I'm going to remake one too. Because that scorpion just looks so cool. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I bet well, that was a nerve wracking die job. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but like I say, you, you, you took this piece of leather that, um, you know, that, that for all intents and purposes uh, was dead. Um, because, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. If we'd have stuck it in the ground, it would have made great fertilizer. And you brought it back to life. You know, mm -hmm. you actually made, turned it into something that is going to live forever. You know, I mean, if, that, if it's taken care of, uh, my, my great-grandfather had a set of leather luggage that, uh, that bought in the early 1900s. And, uh, and it's still alive today. You know, and so like I say, if you if you take care of it, if you oil it, it lasts forever. You bring life back to to something that. Uh, yeah. Well, so. that's what's kind of cool from my perspective is, um, you know, a lot of folks talk about, you know, we do have a higher price point mm -hmm. on on these these 
handmade, these bespoke uh, quality goods. Uh, but I think to a certain extent, you do kind of develop a a relationship with these products, you know, and, and they really are something that you can take pride in and that you do have to care for. You know, it's not plastic. It's not pleather. Um, you yep. can't just use and abuse it and it's going to continue to shine. You really do have to take care of the piece. But if you do, like you said, I mean, generations from now, it'll still be around. Absolutely. Uh, I, I kind of honestly think, you know, you saying bring it back to life, I think instead of, I think we need to rebrand the word or the words leather workers into deceased bovine beauticians. <laughs> <laughs> is that the joke of the day? <laughs> no, that, that is not the joke. <laughs> I, well, I'm semi serious. <laughs> I like it. Well, you know, and I, I tell you what, I, um, I appreciate you all so much because I'm a, a, a long haul truck driver. I, this is what I do. I listen to podcasts and there's not very many of them that I listen to um, real regular, but I, mm. I really enjoy you guys' show. I think you do a great service to, um, what, what did you call it? Deceased bovine restorers? Uh, deceased bovine beauticians. 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 Nice, nice. <laughs> well, and and like I say, I, you know, as far as as far as everything that you all have done, um, was it uh, the knife maker? Was that Josh? Josh. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I mean, all these different things. Like I say, because because we're we're taking these minerals, you know, from the earth, and 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 he's turning it into a it, a, a product that it's a utility, you know, I mean, there are guys out there actually working with these knives. I'm impressed. I am, you know, and, and the spur straps that you made, you know, believe it or not, um, I was raised in with, around horses. And so uh, we didn't use spurs very much, but um, we had we had very attentive horses, but we did use spurs. And spur straps are a, that you have to have them, you know, and you have to be able to count on them. They are a utility tool. It is something- And they get beat up. They do. Oh, I'm gonna tell you what, you get them out in Colorado and start going through the brush out there, you know, or, or the sandbars and stuff like that. They really do take a beating. And, um, so, so like I say, you know, with, with all that, that, that you all bring to us with the podcast, I, I gotta tell you, I love it. And I love the, uh, you know, the, the saddle maker doc, you know, I mean, all these different people that you're bringing out and, and they're, they're creative and they're, they're really making, um, they're making me proud. I'm an old guy. I'm 61. And I, I tell you what, I, I go to the Dustin's Facebook page all the time and, and see what this guy's putting out, you know, it's just, it's fantastic, you know, I mean, with the tooling that you're doing and, and wow. of course, I got to give a shout out to Casey while we're on this thing before it gets too late, because, <laughs> you know, it is people like Casey um, that, 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 you know, worked at Tandy that got us involved you know that brought us in for the different courses and and we're there and we're helpful and and this guy you know i mean 
you know, where does this guy come from? You know, I mean, you could be, you could be a beginner, a total beginner and walk into his shop and this guy's going to line you out. He is not going to upsell you or do any of this stuff. He is going to help you whether or not you're a beginner all the way up to a pro, I think. You know, I, I probably shouldn't speak about that because I'm not a professional. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a guy that likes to skin frozen raccoons, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Casey, uh, shout out to him. You know, I, I, he's got great products and great prices. And, and he's, like I say, even if you're a beginner, he can, like me, um, he can get you lined out and get you working. You know, and yeah, he'll bend uh, over backwards to help. He, he will. Anybody. And I and I'm not saying this just because I owe him money. Just, just I'm because joking. you owe him money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, which we all probably do. Um, yeah, at this point. But you know, really, I mean, and and I can't believe that you haven't talked about your your new um uh, what is it the dark butter um series that you got going on you haven't posted any of that stuff the buttery brown the buttery brown (laughs) yes well that's what we were we were kind of going to use this uh this particular podcast as an opportunity to kind of uh bs a little bit Mm. and, and and shoot this shit and no i have not posted anything about my buttery brown line yet okay so so it's called buttery brown because i had been making this stuff and uh and and i had sent a picture to dad and he said oh that looks like buttery soft or something and it is it's a gorgeous oil tan that i'm Mm. making this stuff out of but no i haven't posted anything about it because where did you buy that leather uh actually at traditions leathercraft (laughs) actually no kidding. This stuff, I wanted something kind of specific. I wanted a certain weight. And Casey said, uh, I don't think I have any of that on the floor right now. He said, but I've got some back in my personal shop. You want me to just cut you off what you need? No kidding. And I might be, yeah, sure. So he comes back and he's like, well, you know, pick, pick what you want. Here's the piece. And, uh, cut it off and and shot me just an absolutely unbelievable price on it and I got exactly what I needed so I've been working through this uh this particular leather just to try to get it used up uh so I have a good excuse to buy more preferably oh, absolutely well and it's, and a, it's a gorgeous little oil tan did you hear that uh, did you sneeze no somebody just set their brakes next to me <laughs> oh yeah i did hear that it sounded like a sneeze though <laughs> oh yeah well let's let's just be clear on that one yeah and well and that's the thing is is the sale that he had on the water buffalo yeah which i, I haven't you, been brave enough to cut into yet but no you did i did that's right i did yeah. how many belts did we cut out of that and man that so so nice when i get home this weekend i'm making myself a belt out of that water buffalo i mean i want to try to tool it because it's it's black on the outside oh he said it's veg tan so i don't know if it would tool or not no he said you could tool it i think you could yeah but it's 
like brown on the inside and black on the outside. Mm. So I'd be kind of curious if when you tool it, if your cuts will show off the brown on the inside. I think it could make kind of a an interesting effect. But well. the the buttery brown line, I haven't posted any pictures of yet. One, because I've been working on another bag. But two, because everything in the buttery brown line, I love the buttery brown. Um, everything oh, yeah. in the line is it's new patterns. Mm. So it's stuff that I'm kind of, prototyping myself and like making sure that the patterns work because I didn't, I mean, they're just kind of like this. I mean, I just, one of them's a Yeti, uh, sleeve. Yeti sleeve. What oh, were we calling it? The cooler it, counter. The cooler counter. Okay. So yeah. So it, it has a tail with ranger beads. Mm. Um, and I, because I am sustaining a whole nother human life, I have to drink a lot of water every day and it's really hard to keep track of how much water I've actually consumed. So when I fill up my 32 ounce tumbler, I just slide a ranger bead so I can better keep count. That's a good idea. Yeah, I thought so. I bet you can sell that a lot of those. Well, there are a lot of breastfeeding gals across the country and just a lot of people that should probably drink more water. So. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, so I just made this up, um, sometime last week. So I've been using it and prototyping it. Making sure that you know. it worked. Yeah. Make, well, cause this is my first time ever making ranger beads. So I want to make sure my ranger beads don't fall apart and, right. you know, well, they're a uh, lot easier. They're a lot easier. Are now you making them with leather or are you doing the paracord? No, I did paracord. And actually I found some yep. like girly looking paracord. It kind of looks like yarn. Oh, I saw, and, I saw your little, your little, um, cooler counter. Yes, I did show it's, you the cooler counter. Yeah, it's pretty slick. It's, it's not exactly what I thought. I thought it was going to encompass the whole tumbler, but oh, gosh, I think, no. no, exactly. But I think it's perfect. Well, and know. it's nice because you can slide it off. And since I laced it up, right. if you have a bigger or a smaller tumbler, because they're not a uniform size, particularly. So, so, so you know which one I'm pretty excited about. Though, don't okay, you? so Dad likes this one. We've been calling the Two Up Security Wallet. Two Up Security. Because it has two card slots that both face up, so your cards will never never fall out. Because, yeah. and this one is born out of I make all my stuff for me. So before I was actually trying to sell other products, uh, <laughs> I used to just make stuff for me and for friends and for family. And so this one is out of the fact that I now have a child and a diaper bag and a tumbler and a cell phone. And I have too much stuff to carry all the time. And I don't know where my wallet is half the time anyway. And I don't really <laughs> go many places. I don't go as many places as I used to. So when I do get out, the wallet's kind of a questionable item of if it's actually present or not. So I made, and I don't need all the stuff that's in my wallet anymore either. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like maybe I used to, but I don't now. Um, so I made the two up security wallet one because it's, it's security because it's a leather uh, lanyard mm -hmm. and the wallet itself is super securely attached to the ring so, like, if I snag it or if the baby grabs it, because he's gotten a monster grip here lately. <laughs> um, if he grabs it, he can't rip it off my neck. 
I can't get it snagged on something and have it rip off my neck because it's all solid leather. Those are at security, but the two up, like I said, is the two card slots are both facing up. So if I have a brain fart in my mom brain and forget to snap it closed, my cards won't fall out either. It's a good idea. Yeah, so I like this one. And this one is by far probably my favorite prototype so far. And it is a nice buttery brown. And it is a darn nice buttery brown, <laughs> are you, yes. Are you wearing it right now? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice. I tell you what, now anytime, because I put my driver's license and my, my card in it, and now every time I leave the house, I just toss it over my neck. Absolutely. And it's nice because I can leave it on. Like I can just buckle the seatbelt right over it. Doesn't Absolutely. bother me to buckle the seatbelt over it. So um, having, I don't have to. Having said, that, having said that, where did that idea come from? So that idea came from actually, so dad used to train people to drive trucks. Mm. And he had this where is he from molly timbuktu oh, yes, he's from timbuktu molly, molly. No, he's from molly yeah i think timbuktu is in molly i don't don't judge my geography he's from molly um and his name is mo and he when he got here so he was just this he's this like larger than life exuberant kind of uh guy and he used to always carry this wallet and it was kind of like a i don't know it was like a cup on the bottom and then it had a leather piece that slid down over the top and the two pieces of like cord on the side is what the top piece slid up slid oh. up and cool he, idea. yeah it was really cool and i always thought it was and it was made out of leather but he always had this thing stuffed to the absolute gills i mean <laughs> stuffed to the gills he'd pull the top off of it and be like digging through you know he always had it right here but he'd be digging through trying to find something in it so this was kind of a maybe a more refined version of Moe's just stuff, whatever you have in well, the and, tiny pouch. And Moe never actually lost anything out of it was the key. And and No, and Mo, it was super secure. And Moe is a, an extremely intelligent human being because I think he speaks four languages. Uh, he... <clears throat> You know, just like you said, he was larger than life. I mm -hmm. took him over to moved I took to America to start yeah. his dream was to start a trucking company. Yeah. His first goal was to learn how to truck. And I and now, he, no kidding, he owns a trucking line. I mean, yeah. and and a hotel and uh, no, no, uh, a par apartment building apartment in complex York, in New York. Yeah, and yeah. he so he just buy, and and because. Because of me, he started buying and selling Harleys. His dad's always been into Harleys. Yeah. So he buys and sells Harleys, and and he just sent me a picture the other day of, he's got he's got four Harleys and a sport bike, and he's all standing there all looking, you know, Johnny badass. I don't know. Yeah. But that <laughs> that was that was the inspiration for it. Is is some cat from Mali, Africa. Mm-hmm you know, comes over and he's, he actually has something like this. I'm, of course, this is Melissa's, her pattern Take. and stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I had the thing that slid and I tried to pull stuff out of it, I would definitely drop stuff. Yeah. I think we lost him. No, I think. No. no oh, okay. Somebody tried to call me. Oh. oh. Um, so, uh, so the last item 
is I'm I'm kind of excited about too because I want one of these for my pickup because everything that I have goes in the center council console of my pickup truck. So I already told Dustin about this one. The panic pocket. Oh, yeah, panic pocket. Yeah, okay. So the panic and it's in buttery brown too, of course. <laughs> I'm almost out of buttery. Like I'll be able to make a couple of each. I think I have like five of these the panic pockets made up already. But it is uh so this again, just most everything in my life comes from the fact that I am just a disheveled mess. Okay. <laughs> so I can't keep track of how much water I drink, so I need the cooler counter. Um can't keep track of my wallet, so I've got the two up security wallet. And I can never find my insurance in my vehicle. Um, well, and, you know, you never know what you got in the center console. So, you know, if you get pulled over or in a wreck, um, I know personally there have been a number of times that I have not been able to find the required documents. And actually, I'll tell on Jacob, he got pulled over for speeding on the turnpike a couple weeks ago. And the cop got super testy with him when he didn't have a paper copy. He had it on his phone, and the cop got, like, salty really? because he had it on his phone. So what the panic pocket is, is it is a simple snap, buttery brown pocket. <laughs> that, Those three words might not go together. Buttery brown pocket. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I think I oh, blushed Dustin, on that one. Dustin, oh, I just I'm... now got what you were saying. Good Lord, Dustin. Yeah, Dustin made me blush. I think that's, a, that's know, the first on the podcast. You know, you're going to be selling like 30 of those in the next two uh, days. So you're going to be used the improper way. The improperly. This is not the intended purpose of the panic pocket. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it, I designed it just big enough to fit uh, your insurance and your registration. And uh, and that way, when you get new insurance, you're ensuring that you get the old insurance. Because I've had that problem before where you go to find the insurance, mm -hmm. but all you can find is like three outdated versions yeah. of your insurance. So this time, when you get a new insurance card, you just go to your panic pocket, swap it swap out, toss the old one. And same with the registration. Same with the registration, mm -hmm. yeah. And that way, you've always got the documents handy. It slips onto your sun visor and uh, design hack. I actually used. Um, you want to give away all your secrets? Well, I mean, anybody with half a brain could figure out what it was. That's true. But um, I use garage door opener clips so it doesn't tear up your visor. Absolutely. That's a really good idea. Because they're designed to go on your visor. Well, and you yeah. know, Melissa and I have had this conversation before, Dustin is I am one of those people that if I have a design and you want it, I want you to have it. Mm -hmm. If Because I um, years ago, I was in the music business. I'm, this is why I love Allie's. Uh, is it Allie that you all Allie. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, Allie Harker. And, and also... She she's the musician. I, this is why I liked her so well is because, you know, she she's so diverse and 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 the music and she's giving, you know. And mm -hmm. so here here she, I mean, how much did you guys pay for that intro? You Not know, a, exactly. oh, and she even designed our album artwork. And designed, on, I know. Yeah, 
No, I she mean, hooked us up big time. See, but th this is the thing, though, is that this is somebody who who understands, you know, that 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 she's not just giving to you guys. She's giving to all of us. Mm -hmm. And like I say, this is something that Melissa and I discussed before. If you can, and, and this goes kind of back to what Doc was talking about on his tooling. If you think that you can do it better than I can, I want you to, you know, I want you, I want to see you do it because mm -hmm. maybe you're, maybe you've seen, seen something that I didn't. And I'm, I'm going to give you whatever it is I have. If you want it, take it personally. Um, because I guarantee you ain't got no buttery brown. <laughs> I know that's it right there, you know. And I don't know what you're doing to that buttery brown to make Dustin go that way, but oh, <laughs> I say, I say, look out for the snap. Um, but you know, honestly, I think really that is it, you know, is and I, Dustin, that's something about you I've noticed too. Is <laughs> man, you, you put you put a lot of your stuff out there too on that Facebook page. And mm. you may not be giving away secrets, but you're, you're every time you put something out there or every question that you ask on that, you really are giving away your secrets. You're giving away information. People are, are responding to you. You know, right. when you ask a question, people answer it, mm. you know, and this is, this is what makes, I mean, if, if the old timers didn't do that for us, this is why the guild is so important. You know, mm. if the old timers didn't do this for us, what, you know, what would we be doing? You know, how, how would we make it? And this is why Tandy was important. This is why people like KC are so important. He, he literally, by opening the shop that he did and, and with the, the man that he is, he just made Tandy step it up a notch. And I love that. Well, and he has helped to foster an entire generation, mm -hmm. in my opinion, yeah. an entire yeah. generation of Oklahoma leather crafters, because there's new people in here all the time. Oh, yeah. And it, and it sounds like he's fostering a whole new generation of children as well. Well, and yeah, that, 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 too. <laughs> that too. He's got, he literally has his own leather crew right there. Yes, he does. <laughs> but exactly. And like I say, Casey, gosh, I mean, you know, guys like that, you know, we, we need people like that that are willing to give, that are willing to help. And that's what this that's what this podcast is. I mean, you the two mm -hmm. of you, I mean, how much were 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 you getting paid by KC for doing this? You know, you're you're not. You know, you're doing this and, and we I do know this it's, surely for fun. Yeah. Exactly. We Can have you fun. Imagine? You do. And but like I say, there is so much value in it because I'm gonna end up I'm going to end up going having beers at, at uh, core four. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, I am going to go do that because that sounded like a good time. And you know how I love beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and it was good. I can vouch. It was oh, good. Beer. It was very good. And you know how I like a good wheat beer. Um, yes. But, but like I say, you guys are giving of yourselves and, and, I, I commend you for it. I, I think it's fantastic. And I, I, I look forward to, you know, Melissa said something about you guys doing a, a bi-weekly and I'm like, don't do that to us. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I told him we were talking about maybe, maybe taking a week off, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm glad that we went to put this together and yeah. 
you know, part of the reason that we wanted to work this out, Dad, I really appreciate you taking the time to to sit down and figure this. Because, like I said, this is the first time we've done a, a, a distance, call it a distance. Um, and so I really appreciate you taking the time to do this because we hope that this will open up the opportunity. Because uh, we understand not everybody can drive down and join us in studio in right. Oklahoma City. Right. There's a lot more leather crafters than just in the Oklahoma City area. So we hope that uh, we can expand. And not just leather crafters, because we have branched out to just general crafters right. of Absolutely. all crafts. Well, so we yeah, hope I mean, that we you can... guys were drinking beer last week, for goodness sake. Yeah, <laughs> so we hope that we can... We hope that this this aspect, and I, and like I said, I think it sound I think it'll sound really good. I hope that this will give us the opportunity to uh, to branch out to the mm. the farthest reaches of Oklahoma. So if you're listening and you're interested in being on Bespoke Oklahoma, hit us up on Facebook. Or if you have somebody in mind that you want to hear, also uh, Facebook. Send well, us a message I, on Facebook. And I told Melissa, you know, even though you are Bespoke Oklahoma. Um, I I do think that that it's open for whoever can help Oklahoma. Um, True. We were know, talking I mean, about that, yeah. From from no from no matter where they're from, um, because I'm not from Oklahoma, but um, my family obviously from from Blue Jacket, um, but uh, uh, you know my roots were sit in Colorado, you know. And uh, and and the things that I do in leather crafting, a lot of that stuff I got from, you know, people all over the world, you know, through YouTube, mm -hmm. and a little bit from Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> so where you know, can we you find? Know, you know, Dustin does not give himself enough credit on this podcast. No, he doesn't. He does. He doesn't he give himself enough credit in general. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd, he's got a beautiful, silky voice, though, doesn't he? <laughs> i tell you what. I'll what did, you what what did Buck say? A voice made for radio? Or a oh, face? Yeah. A, 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 a face <laughs> made for radio. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you can't, and you can't find me anywhere. I, I, don't, um, I don't have a, a Facebook page or a, a Twitter account or an Instagram. And you mean you don't have TikTok? I, I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> no, but you know the thing about it is, is that, uh, is that, I, really, I I'm, uh, I'm deep six works, you know, and and uh, and I I just make stuff for for myself, and I'm pretty much, I mean, honestly, I pretty much just give it all away, you know. I mean, <laughs> I do, and I I do sell some of it, but. Um, I'm, I'm more interested in you guys. Uh, I love the work that you all do. And, uh, and I'm really, uh, uh, I'm really trying to, to, uh, to not gush too much over Casey, but the guy, the guy <laughs> he's just a great guy. He's a great guy. And, and really everybody that you have had on your podcast has really stepped up the game. We've you had know, some great, great podcasts. I'm, I'm telling you right now, very impressive people. And it's making me proud to live in Oklahoma, quite honestly, because 
I mean, that was the goal of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we all learn something and gain some pride in the wonderful state that we live in. I'm telling you right now, you know, from 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 end to end, you know, and and like I say, I, you know, from the music aspects of it that you all have, uh, have put in it and and the leather crafting. And now you just need to get somebody on there that knows how to work a coal, uh, coal forge because uh, would be um, interesting. I well and and you know Josh talked a little bit about you know forging and stuff and and I love that stuff and like you all said what is it stitch it pick it what what is that again uh design it stitch it pick it tool it and craft it we do it all that <laughs> might be it, it. I don't know I recorded <laughs> that a while we do it all you know so I love it and like I say I can't get enough of it I really can't you know, well, thank you yeah, so much you. for joining us today and helping us out with uh, with getting this portion of it figured out and for the stories. I always enjoy your stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, next time I'm back, we'll have to talk about the deer that uh, my brother and my cousin packed into the frozen deer they packed into the back of the station wagon and brought down off the mountain. Yes. And we'll also have <laughs> we'll also have to discuss brain tan bug skin. I was going to, yeah, I was going to get to that, but we didn't. And I can hear the child screaming in the background. Nice. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on. I hope this, I hope this works out for you all as far as the, you know, being able to get people on, on the, the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Um, I want to go real quick. You said a few minutes ago that I have a silky <laughs> voice. Oh, baby. <laughs> Do you want to know what else I have? Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> I what have else? the heart of a lion. Did you know that? Ah. I know that. I also have a lifetime ban from the zoo. <laughs> 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 All right. That's the best one yet. <laughs> oh, that is pretty darn good. All right. That's right up my alley, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Come back next time on Bespoke Lahoma. I know this stuff because I'm from the great.